Hey, this is Johnny Jett. Welcome back to my podcast, my YouTube channel. And today we have a very special guest, one of my friends, Dominika Dreisky, who is oh, you sales marketing of Trav Media. What's your title? My official title is COO, but I do everything, <laughs> a little bit of everything minus the programming. So I'm fully involved. Yeah. And if you think I travel a lot, this woman puts me to shame, especially in the last couple of years. I mean, every time I'm looking on her Facebook page, <laughs> she's somewhere. I'm talking somewhere. It's so uh, where my son just rolled in. I'm not sure what's going on. What are you doing here? I'm trying to um, do an interview. Anyway, we'll just let him roll. He's, he's That's okay. That's working from home. This, this is what it's like. Oh, <laughs> cute. I bet you weren't expecting that. No. Um, so anyway, but Dominica is married to my other good friend, Nick Wayland, who is Australian. Dominica is American and Polish and Swedish. I'm citizen of Sweden, resident of the U.S., and a visitor in Australia. I mean, talk about worldly. That's just incredible. But I know you were traveling right up to the last minute. I know you were in Europe in March. Um, actually, Nick saw me on CNN. I remember him. I don't know if you were with him then, but he was in the airport. And he said he saw me doing a CNN interview about how, the, you know, Trump was closing the, the borders and hurry up home. And I guess yeah. that's when you jumped on a plane to come home? It is. So we did three of our media marketplaces in Europe right up to the day when World Health Organization announced it to be a pandemic and we were finishing up our cocktail party. Nick actually had a ticket to fly back to Australia and a ticket to fly to New York. And as of sort of the closures and everything that was happening, um, we, and also for the business, we decided that it was best that he headed back to Australia and I um, headed over to New York five months ago. March twelfth, uh, to be exact. And what did you? How long did you think it would be till you saw him again? I wasn't expecting it to be this long. I thought that potentially he would have come over, or I was going to come down. I had a few things I knew I needed to take care of at the end of June, and um, a couple of things in the beginning of July. So I thought I'd probably be leaving around mid-July, but I postponed it a little bit. I think that the quarantine, I, the, the idea of the quarantine was also a little overwhelming and overbearing. And, and, and so you live in New York. I do. I live in Los Angeles, by the way, and Nick is in Sydney. And now you are coming from a hotel room in Sydney. I am. I'm coming from the Novotel Darling Harbor, which is a lovely hotel. Uh, they, uh, they're taking great care of us in the sense that following protocol um but the room is 200 square feet at most <laughs> so i don't have a lot of space it's a very comfortable bed um the food is i don't know if it's your internet or my internet just cut out a little bit um, um i can see the su uh, sunrise every morning so i really can't complain that's good so by the way my i don't know if it's my internet or your inter internet but it just cut out a little bit Okay. Um, I know yeah. it could be it could be mine. My son's upstairs probably streaming TV, you know, Netflix on two different TVs, maybe three, the guy. Um, these kids these days. But so actually let me let's just take it back a little bit. So I actually interviewed someone, Kylie, about two months ago 
and she flew down to Australia. She told me all about it. I know you're a big One World American Airlines, Qantas. So, but yeah. you, you can't fly either one of them there. So you must have flown United, I take it? No, I didn't. I actually flew with Emirates. So Nick is uh, top tier on Qantas. So lots of points there. And I'm executive platinum on American Airlines. And uh, looking at the points and the situation, I actually ended up, uh, one of the reasons I flew on the 30th of July was just because there was a business class seat available on Emirates via Dubai. Uh, seemed like the most straightforward and easiest way to go. And Emirates is a great airline. So um, I selected that and I've selected business, obviously, because my status is valid until 2022. Why spend money when there's none coming in and or very little? And, uh, you know, you're not collecting to the next status. So I figured this is a great time to really be able to use those points. Exactly. So, you know, New York to Dubai is 13 hours, 12, 13 hours. And then to Sydney was another 14 I believe so. I don't know. When I'm on a plane, I just love flying. And that's really one of those things I really miss. So I just entered this bubble and you're in the air and you're kind of self-contained and it's just a wonderful experience. I mean, economy or business, if you just have that opportunity just for that time to yourself, um, I kind of time doesn't matter. And was that your first flight since March? No, I've actually been on several i have been down in florida and i've been back in new york and i've then flown to sweden via miami via london so miami london uh stockholm and i was there in the beginning of july for about nine days and wow. then came back to new york so been in all sorts of places new york city being sort of the epicenter in the beginning and down in florida where they weren't really behaving at the time i was there that anything was happening followed by going to Sweden where um, they believe in herd immunity, but they are actually doing things. So to say that, you know, it's just the free for all isn't necessarily true. Uh, they were adhering to certain sort of social distancing, but it's kind of natural for Scandinavians anyway. They, they're not big huggy feely touchy people. So, um, but they, they put regulations in place in terms of bars not being overcrowded. You have to have a seat, you have to be seated um, and did change a few things also capacity on ferries and buses and just uh, putting a certain protocol in place and masks what? within stores and sanitizers. So th that was there. So how has it been flying and, and which airlines have you been flying and which one do you think has been doing the best job? Well, to Florida, I flew on American. I, I was upgraded I, and first was full. Unfortunately, the guy behind me decided ordering scotches every 30 minutes or every 20 minutes was a great idea and tried wearing his mask, but spoke at, with an outdoor voice and then had it off half the time. So that wasn't really a very pleasant experience. Um, then, but the flight attendants were pretty good about having their masks on. Once in a while you'd see in the galley that they'd take them off or they'd switch them out. I'd flown Delta back uh, to New York and they had the middle seat open. I was in uh, an exit row and I had the entire road to myself. The plane was fairly empty, so that was that was pleasant. And everyone had a mask on for the most part. They really tried to keep that. Then I flew American to from Miami to London. London, yes. In London, Heathrow was completely pretty much closed. They were only operating out of Terminal Five, uh, and that was I was upgraded. So sitting in business uh, on the triple seven, you, know, it, you, you can't full? really go wrong. No, it wasn't full. It was very empty. 
Nice. Because also Americans can't, couldn't at that point really leave. So you only had people with international or foreign passports that were on that flight pretty much. And were they strict about that when they, when you were boarding, I mean, were they like, do you have permission or, or let me see uh, the Swedish nationality? No, because it's all in the system already. So, you know, my, uh, passports in the system when I book. So it's a Swedish passport. I've got a green card, so I have the ability of coming back to the States. Um, all of that. And they, there were no questions asked. The only thing the only thing I got questioned on was when I got to the airport and I checked in, the one and only question was, how many bags do you have? And that was it, including from the point I got into London, going through security checks there, being there, jumping on a flight from London to Sweden. And then coming through passport control, there were no questions. Nobody asked anything. And then again, I'm Swedish, so going through. And did you fly BA or SAS to Sweden? uh, BA. So I kept on the One World. Uh, I bought that ticket on miles. Actually, that ticket was part of the trip in March. Uh, It was my return. So um, so that, yeah, I try to stick to One World when I can, uh, unless it makes complete. It doesn't make any sense. And was that full flight full to Sweden? It was it was fairly full. Uh, I was in an exit row, and there, it wasn't at a hundred percent capacity, but I would say it was probably at about eighty. Huh. And they were enforcing masks. And they weren't. They were. Oh, they were okay. Yeah. Good. So I mean, so out of all those, and then including Emirates, who do you think has done the best with like COVID nineteen? Well, in terms of dealing with the pandemic and like PPE gear, uh, Emirates was amazing because they've all had sort of the gowns, they've had face shields, they had masks. So they were really taking precautions. They gave you a sanitation sort of kit right when you sat down. American um, was also very good, uh, but I think that Emirates took it uh, one step up, though I have to say out of American Qantas and Emirates, if I'm going to fly business, I would probably put Qantas and American on uh, above Emirates, just in terms of uh, the product. I, I preferred it. It was a triple seven, and it was also a triple seven when I went to uh, uh, Sweden with, or I guess London with American. Well, American has really nice lie flat seats in um, Emirates. They're I don't even think they're, I think they're angled. I haven't flown Emirates in a while, but I, the time I did fly, it was a triple seven from Dubai to New York. Now and, it's now it's lay flat. It's not, it is? It is. Okay. Yeah. But it's how, how many seats across? Is it two, three, it's two? two, three, two. Yeah, two, three, two. Uh, the one thing that uh, they don't have, which American Qantas both do have, are compartments to store like small things. Right. They right. were lacking on that. But the service was incredible. Like everything from my check in experience, I was having some uh, visa issues and like exemption and something wasn't right in the passport. It took me an hour and a half to check in and, at JFK. But they kept me calm. They're like, we'll get you on the plane. I'm sure, you know, you've got all the documentation. We just need to get through to the Australian government and verify certain things. And so they actually finally checked me in 30 minutes before the plane was taking off. And I literally had been there for an hour and a half and so caring. And then on the plane, they were very attentive. Um, just the, the overall experience with Emirates is always has always been pleasant. I did, haven't flown them in several years, um, and it was just a nice reminder to see that um, that was still happening. And were those flights full to Dubai and then to Sydney? To Dubai, it was full. Mm-hmm. Uh, in business, it was full. But to Sydney, no, there is a cap. To fly into Sydney, I think they're only allowing 350 passengers from all over the world to come into Sydney on any given day. And so people are getting bumped off left, right, and center. They're keeping the business class, the revenue seats. Um, it's so it seems, I don't know. And then if- So business you know, full to Sydney? 
No, there were only three people on. There were about four people in first and three people in business. And then I was premium economy or economy. I didn't really uh, take a look, but the flight was completely empty. It's absolutely bizarre. I grabbed several sort of photos because I've never been on a plane that's been that empty flying long haul. So it was an incredible experience. And how long was a layover in Dubai? Six hours, but everything was open. Uh, so the stores were open, but they had masks on. You came into a store, they made you um, use sanitizer before you could step foot in. Take your temperature? And they, limited, uh, they did take your temperature and they limited the number of people that could come in, but the airport was pretty empty. So it wasn't as if, you know, you're going into crowded stores or anything along those lines. And the business class lounge, the first class lounge was closed. Business class lounge was open, it was barely anywhere. And I don't know, John, if you've been to the business class lounge, yeah. but it's so massive. It almost feels like it's not business class because it's just beyond. Right. And so, um, so yeah, so, so it was sort of, it was very seamless. So, I mean, does it feel like you're flying in a, does it feel like you know, normal or does it feel like you're in an apocalypse? It's a little bit like you're in an apocalypse just because there's no one on the plane. Right. Coming into Sydney, it was just bizarre. And then the procedure to get off the flight, um, they took your temperature as you came off, then you went through a line and they did a health screening and then you went through immigration, then um, through um, customs. And then when you got through customs, they proceeded to tell you which bus to go to. And at that point, you still don't know what hotel you're staying at. And got on the bus, sat close to the front. The first few rows are blocked off. And then when the bus driver closed the door, he still wasn't saying anything. I'm like, where are we going? And how many people on the bus? Fifteen. Okay. So they had multiple buses and families uh, had, there was another bus uh, that took them on board. They usually get larger accommodations and then so they have a kitchen. It all depends on availability. I see. Um, and the suites that they're staying in actually look fantastic. You know, they've got a balcony and, but being a solo traveler, you know, there's no reason to put the solo traveler into a big right. apartment. Everyone wearing masks? Everyone's wearing masks. Um, when they check you into the hotel, it's pretty much run by the police. Uh, it varies hotel by hotel in terms of the actual hotel's involvement um, in the process. They do another health check when you get there, ask dietary requirements, and then they take you to your room and they don't give you a key. And then three times a day, you kind of feel like Pavlov's dog. They knock on the door and you run out to go pick up this bag that's sitting in front of your door. There's no one there. And the meal that... Um, has arrived and so you're not quite sure what you're going to get. They do, um, they give you a piece of paper so you can select one of two menu items for breakfast, lunch, or just for lunch and for dinner. Uh, and then I made the mistake of not saying anything about asking for more low carb food. So the first few dishes that <laughs> were served to me, I just, I, I actually couldn't process um, because I love to eat healthy and that, that wasn't working for me. But then when I made that request, uh, someone said something on, there are multiple Facebook groups. So they're for like people quarantining. And then there's also sort of the partners apart. And then there's one specifically for this hotel that's been formed and sort of uh, created a community. And someone, and I had posted and I made the mistake of, I posted uh, a few pictures of the food that arrived. I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't really, you know, I could eat an item or two that ever, not that I couldn't, but I really chose not to. And I posted in, in this group and uh, I got 
slammed. <laughs> it's like 60 people are like, I don't know what you're complaining about. I would eat that. So I had to sort of pull back and I, you know, I said, you know, I'm just used to a slightly different lifestyle and healthier food. Um, and I don't think I eat that many carbs in a month. No. So, and someone made that suggestion, but then, um, but it's been interesting having that sort of group uh, for everyone chatting and sort of experience, you know, the experiences that are happening in the hotel. Some people are dealing with it better than others aren't. So there's, is it four or five hotels you can, that they give you? I mean, you can't choose. I know uh, Kylie was at the Intercon, I, I believe, and which is a really nice hotel and she had a great view, but she said there was no window. She felt claustrophobic. Do, do, do you have an open window or no? I have an open window. I face the water. For me, that's the most calming thing. Um, so like my apartment in New York faces the water. I always like to have a water view. And uh, in this case, I get to look at Darling Harbor. Um, I can actually see our old office from, uh, from my room. So I have plenty of light and it feels very, very open. And, that's and fresh that. air. You get fresh air. No. Oh, you can't open the window. <laughs> No, I can't open the window. Okay, because she, yeah, that was her big complaint because she couldn't not open the window and she just, you know, she, she felt, it felt stuffy, which I can understand. And I heard some, there is a hotel that some people get with even a balcony. Yes, the Maritime uh, hotels, they've got suites and I think the Dina suites were also being used. I don't know if they're still being used. I stayed um, there before. Right? Yeah, they're good. They're, they're, both of them are great spots. I've stayed at the Dina before. Um, and I haven't been to the Meriton Suites, but I've seen photographs and they look quite, you know, quite nice, good accommodation. And so has your husband, Nick, gone down to the, to the grass down by your window and waved to you at all or anything like that? Or is that too much torture? It's, uh, well, you can't see in through the windows. So let's start there. That's sort of pointless. Okay. And um, I mean, we've been doing this for five months. So what's another few days going to do? Yeah, but he should be with a boom box holding up a sign, like <laughs> say anything. I mean, yeah. come on, Nick, no, if you're listening to this, you better step that up. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually have spoken to him less since I've been here than I did when I was in New York, a lot wow. less. Um, I have, uh, and it's just been because, you know, now I'm on the same time zone. So there's work that like go along, you know, about your daily schedule. So it's not as if we're on opposite time zones and, you know, can chat for a bit. And um, so, yeah, I've really not talked to him, but I've talked to the rest of the world. Uh, <laughs> I have friends everywhere. So one of the things that I did uh, when I arrived here, the first two days were really hard. They, I just wasn't quite processing in terms of how I was going to take this in the third day. I'm like, wait a second, I love flying. I love being in a bubble. I love being sort of in my own space. This is like being in my own space, and I, but I have a little bit more room. And it just reset my mindset. And um, so that's, that's been a game changer. So since Monday, and then I, I started, I started a couple of uh, <laughs> like challenges, fitness challenges. So uh, I'm like, I have a Fitbit and an Apple Watch. Anyone want to do a step, you know, step challenge or anything like that? And I had heard that somebody had done a marathon prior. So I'm like, oh, I can't do a marathon. <laughs> I wouldn't do a marathon in the first place. But uh, I had 10,000 steps and but we started chatting with this group. A couple of people jumped onto it. That we're like, oh, we'll, we'll set it at 5,000. Well, I hit the 5,000 that first day. I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going. I'm going for the 10,000. And uh I cleared that and they kind of set the bar for the rest of the group. So everyone is, so now we're sort of sending photographs as where, where we are during the day or wow. someone hasn't heard 
like if I'm silent, if somebody else is silent, it's the afternoon. It's like, how are you doing? Are you doing all right? You know? So is that and, in place? Are you just uh, running in place or walking in place or are you walking around the room? <laughs> well, I, I did a time-lapse video. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, I'm and where running. can we see that? Is that on your Facebook or Instagram? I haven't put it up. I will put it up. I'm going to do a larger post um, at the end of my quarantine, which is the 15th. Okay. And where are you posting it so people can see it? <laughs> uh, what's that? Where, 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 can, where are you going to post it so people can I'm watch going, it? I'm going to post it probably both on Insta and on Facebook. Okay. So I'll do uh, so I'll, I'll do that. I mean, it, it's quite amusing. So it's everything from jumping jacks to skipping to running to dancing. I, I've been doing a lot of dancing and it doesn't look good, but <laughs> no one's watching. Uh, and I've found that sort of putting on music in the morning uh, also helps with the motivation. But having the groups with, um, have really been, it, it's been, we've been motivating each other. And that's been a, a game changer as well, because it sort of makes us accountable um, you know, to sort of complete something. So even like last night, I was not really up for doing anything. And I, and I saw that it was approaching midnight. So made sure I hit that 10,000 step and I sort of sent it to the group at like 11.59. I'm like, I did it. <laughs> so. Good job. Right at the nick of time. So a couple, a couple things. So I know a couple months ago, you know, the Australian government was paying for this and then they changed it. I'm not sure. Do you have to pay for this quarantine now or are they still paying for it? Uh, mine, they're still paying for it because I booked before it was, uh, if you booked before midnight on July 12th, Australian Eastern Standard Time, uh, the government would cover it. So right. I actually booked multiple flights down to Australia on point. So I have one. And also I was afraid of getting kicked off. So I've, I've I have the opportunity to be able to sort of jump on another one if I had to fly to back to the States for something and then come back over. But otherwise it's now uh, $3,000 for the first person. And then it's a thousand dollars for the next adult and then $500 per child. So it's expensive. That's in Sydney. I think Queensland's different. I think, well, Victoria is not taking any flights at the moment. I don't know if you heard about what happened there, yeah, but for sure. <laughs> yeah, just... they they, I mean, they closed up, they closed up like a three, four weeks ago now. Well, there was a breach. There was a breach in the quarantine hotel. Um, one of the security guards was having some uh, sex. <laughs> I mean, was he having sex with a lot of people? I don't know. I, I don't have the details, uh, but I just know that there was the breach and that kind of he took it home to friends and family and uh, it spread. And that, uh, again, I'm not across the details gotcha. of that, but that is sort of where they've kind of pinpointed that outbreak to really have started. The security guard was like, I'll work for free. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, and so when you arrived, did they, um, did they test you or did you have to do a, a, a COVID test before you even got on the plane? So I didn't do one. Now you have to, if you're flying to Dubai, I actually had COVID back in March. Um, so, and I've subsequently have tested for antibodies. I tested for them in the beginning of June and to see what levels they were at. And I tested for them on the 30th of July, right before I took off again, just to see where they were at because they diminished fairly quickly. And I've been lucky. I think I've been exposed to, um, I probably have been exposed to COVID quite a bit in New York, but I still had a big chunk, which kind of made the flight a little bit more comfortable, even though they say it doesn't guarantee that you're immune. I, I, it made me feel like I was a little bit more protected. Um, but when you get to the hotel the next day, they come and they do a, a test and then they do a test on I'm going to have one done tomorrow. Um, and uh, if everything is clear, uh, they release you after 15 days. So it's 
15 days, 40 nights. Okay. And then I heard they, you know, they'll release you at midnight. And so you can either leave at midnight or leave in the morning. Well, no, it depends on the time of arrival. Gotcha. So I arrived in the evening of uh, the first and they're not letting me out until the afternoon of uh, the 15th. So, so I've got a time slot of when they're going to. the first place you're going? Uh, home to drop off my bags. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, to fa- it's home. I mean, it's to a family residence um, gotcha. and drop off my bags. And uh, yeah, that, that's the first place I'm going. How many times have you been to Australia? Oh my gosh, normally I do this trip down five, six times a year. So well, a I've, and, and Nick and I have been together for the past 11 years. And even before that, I was down here once in a while. So quite frequently. So I don't mind the flight. I, I, it's amazing. It's an amazing country. It's an you know, amazing environment. It's just, and Sydney is spectacular. So can't fault it. Any plans to come back to America? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I have an apartment in New York. Uh, I very much like New York. I, I like the direction New York was going in terms of how they were being a very conscious and cautious and people were wearing masks and really sort of respectful of that. And all the outdoor dining has been fantastic. Now there's some issues, but yeah, no, I'll be coming back. Right now my visa is only for three months. I did apply for an extension, but I still taking care of like the U.S. business, there's only so long that you can, you know, I, I tend to get up early, but, you know, if I'm up at three or four, or if I'm up late and then work through sort of some of the U.S. hours. Gotcha. So it, it, it gets exhausting after a while, um, but it's also good to be on the same time zone. So from that perspective, uh, I do need to get back to the U.S. I don't know. I think for the wintertime in, in, in North America, I'd much rather be in Australia, have an endless summer, <laughs> don't have to deal with everything that's going on here politically. You don't have to deal with the flu season. I would true. be like, I'm staying there. <laughs> I mean. All true. I love the winter. I absolutely sort of, and I love winter up until sort of New Year's in New York. I, I think that it's charming. And I mean, technically winter doesn't start until what, the 21st of December. Right. There's something that's charming and warm and sort of embracing that uh, you don't have here for the holidays in the same sense. Um, so I, you know, I, my wife I really feels the same way, but <laughs> I grew up in Connecticut. Come January 1st, it's like depression yeah. until you know, end of March or, or April. And then, you know, then you're in a great mood because flowers start blooming. It's getting warm. You made it through winter. Um, but so, by, so you had COVID and how was it, by the way? Was it, was it rough? I don't, I don't recommend it. <laughs> Let's start there. But I, it, you know, I've heard of people and I actually even have a friend who've deliberately got sick uh, to get the antibodies. I, I was How'd lucky. they do? Uh, my friend that got sick and then he went and got tested and he was like full blown COVID, but he had no symptoms. He's like, I was tired one day. So he quarantined, but he literally had no symptoms. I had, um, I had a mild case, but it still, it, it went at me. I had body aches for a couple of days and a fever for a couple of days. And that's when I went and got tested. And first they test for the flu. There were only like four COVID tests available. I'm like, I'm high risk of coming from Europe. I'm Nick's uh, mother was coming back from a trip and he was staying with her. And I were, you know, as I was speaking to the nurses, they're like, well, we only have four tests available. I'm like, they're, they're, you need to test me. I need to know because chances are that getting a test in Australia is going to be a little harder right when this was sort of happening because there were so few cases here. And uh, so they did test me and then I ended up, I was feeling it in my kidneys, like the body aches. And then on the Saturday, the 
sort of disappeared. Sunday, I was full of energy. And then Monday through Friday, I, um, I was just tired, but I didn't have a sense of smell and taste from like Saturday until the following Saturday. And that was the most bizarre experience because it's not like a cold where you expect it and you know what to expect. This was like, I was fully functioning and just not being able to taste, to taste anything. It was bizarre. But then when I finally could, it was amazing. Like we had some fresh berries and the most incredible flavors. I wish it stayed that way, but I'd probably end up being. So anything, is it still lingering (laughs) at all or are you a hundred percent recovered? I'm 100% recovered. All in all, it was about two weeks. Uh, and I feel feel very fortunate. Um, and my brother who was staying with me at the time, or is still staying with me in New York at the time, he caught he had it about a day and a half after I did. I kind of suspect that I actually caught it in New York and not in Europe, um, especially because I left Nick and he was negative um, and never caught it. Uh, and I live in a building that's across from a hospital where there are lots of doctors and nurses. And I just remember the one day I touched my face and it felt like someone was coughing in the elevator. And in that moment where you go, Oh God, <laughs> just like, no. that sucks. Yeah. Well, and, um, what else can we talk about? Um, well, the quarantine, the, the quarantine actually is, it's been an interesting uh, experience because that bubble, I, when that Monday came after the weekend of like really struggling, one of the things, and I've shared this with people in the Facebook group and, you know, some people have really come back to like, you know, that's a great way of taking this on. I've taken it on as, you know, it's like being on a plane. There's no sense of time. So I've removed the concept of time of when I sleep or when I eat, um, and also the conversations that I'm having. So the only thing that I'm obliged to are obviously, you know, I need to get my work done and the meetings that I'm on. But outside of that, everything is sort of completely irrelevant. So I've been calling friends from all over the world. And, you know, there's that saying, it's always five o'clock somewhere. So I've been taking advantage of that. And sometimes having a glass of wine at three o'clock in the morning with some friends that I haven't had a chance to talk to because when you're, you know, as you and I travel, you know, you're constantly checking into a flight, on a flight, in a conference, somewhere else or on the move. And you're never in a time zone or a position where you can sit back, relax and actually catch up with friends. And that's been really kind of the blessing of this uh, quarantine is that I've had a chance to really catch up with a lot of friends from all over the world and have more deep and meaningful conversations than the normal. Hey, how are you? Like a quick message and just not being able to connect. Right. I agree with that. And so you said you can have wine. So can you have, can you have deliveries? I believe you can get like one delivery a day. Is that true? It is true. So you can buy like a bottle of wine from the hotel, which because I didn't really care for it, it's gone down really slowly. I did come in with a bottle of gin, um, thinking that I might have like a gin and soda, you know, a day. It's not something that I would chug on any level, but I've had one and then I've had, uh, I haven't been able to drink it quickly, but then I've had some friends that have dropped off wine and they've actually been fairly liberal here. So, uh, a friend of mine dropped off some wine yesterday morning, some great bottles, really thankful for that. And, and, uh, uh, so they brought both of them up to the room. I didn't think that they would. Um, so that was you know, lovely. So do they I, wipe know, it down or, I mean. What do you mean? They, I mean, are they worried about the person dropping it off having COVID? I guess not because there's so few cases in Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not worried. They, but they think I, they drop it off curbside. But yeah, I have, I have no idea if they, can they you get do DoorDash or whatever the delivery you can, service you can, is. Yeah. Uber Eats. So you can get Uber Eats. I got really lucky. So my friends, I was sending by like private groups, I was sending sort of some of the pictures of uh, the food and I'm like, oh, what is this? Why? And by day number 
two and a half. Well, I had a care package dropped off, so I got a microwave so I could reheat some stuff and some fresh fruits and vegetables. But another friend of mine shared it with her friend who's a chef, and um, he has subsequently come a couple times a week or a few times a week to drop off some freshly prepared food. So I have three meals a day that have been prepared by him. So I feel really spoiled and really lucky. Wow. <laughs> so, and that's all because of just friends and yeah, the, the, the really nice care package, I would say. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. so, I mean, do you feel like you're in prison or are you, no. <laughs> and there's a guard outside the door? There is a guard outside the door. Um, and uh, Is this in the hallway for everyone or is there one like every door? No, there's one the one per hallway. Okay. And well, I assume that they're in the other hallways too. That's what I'm gathering from the conversations. And what they do is they, I mean, I feel like Pavlov's dog. They knock on the door and there's a brown bag of food. Um, so I run out there and I still get the hotel food. There's like one or two items that are just quite nice. And um, But I'll pick that up. And then when I'm, I'll put it back out after I'm done. And uh, at that point, I don't see anybody. So it doesn't feel like one's in prison. Well, I wouldn't know because I haven't been. <laughs> but Good point. I, I imagine it doesn't feel that same. It doesn't feel the same. Uh, and it's been, I mean, it's actually been quite comforting not having to really adhere or do anything outside of picking up the food putting it away and making my bed. And that's about really um, all I've had to do. So now I'm wondering how I'm going to adjust to the real world where I'll have other responsibilities and sort of have to adhere to a normal time frame or like schedule, uh, which I haven't had to do here, which, and it's been wonderful. So there's no housekeeper service. No, they brought, they brought fresh linens uh, in yesterday. So you have to do your, change all your linens and well, you don't have. They just drop it. They don't, they don't make it for you. No, they don't. Okay. So they don't come they don't vacuum and anything. So like once that. a week. Once a week. Okay, good. Hey, I mean, that doesn't sound too bad, especially because they're paying for it. Exactly. Um, so, and before we go, I know you don't know what it's like in Sydney right now because you haven't been there. But I, I mean, I've heard from other people, people aren't really wearing masks because there's so few cases. Is that still true that you hear? There've there've been a couple of outbreaks. Have been so they've closed the borders. Uh, there've been uh, some breaches in terms of quarantine. And up in Queensland, Queensland's closed off its borders, so you have to quarantine if you come up there for fourteen days. Uh, Victoria is completely closed down, so there are no flights coming in. In terms of masks, uh, you know, I've looked at um, the bridge because I'm I'm over also overlooking Darling Harbour Bridge that goes from one side of Darling Harbour to the nice. other. Uh, and I can't say like at a glance now, I don't really see anyone wearing a mask, but I don't know. I haven't been to the outside world yet. Right. <laughs> there's actually a couple of great webcams, by the way, of Sydney. Um, so if you go on a YouTube, there's actually, there's an Earth TV channel that has every 15 seconds a different city around the world, including Warsaw, Poland. Um, but they have Sydney now, but there's also a Sydney webcam, which I'll, I'll send you. I wrote a post on it. It's beautiful. It's one of my favorite webcams of all time. And it's live and you can see everything. You can't really see people too, too well because it's up high. But um, that's something to check out. But, you know, talking about um, Sweden, when you're in Sweden, were people wearing masks? No, no. Um, in the store once in a while, the, the sort of the store attendees were. But they had a lot of them, but some of them weren't. But they had like the plexiglass. So there was that that was put up. They did 
um, do social distancing in terms of like not packing the bars. You would be able to, you had to have a seat. Um, you couldn't just go and stand at the bar or stand at, you know, the crowd of plays. So they did that. They limited capacity on um, public transport. Uh, and then it was, you know, one of the things I did was uh, I got there and I, I, the reason I went was my grandmother's 93. She still rides a bike, does 5K a day, but I didn't want to stay with her. I uh, so I stayed in Stockholm. She's right outside of Stockholm and I stayed at a, at a hotel for the first few days just so I could quickly get into the station. But then um, the for the my next week, I stayed a couple of days out in the archipelago, which is stunning if you haven't been. It's just spectacular with a friend. Which and one? then I decided what's that what's it called the archipelago the swedish archipelago okay yeah so i mean i've been to boxholm i've been out to some of those yeah i was actually my friend lives in boxholm but then we went even further and had a lunch out like two and a half hours out of outside of stockholm it's beautiful i mean in the summertime it's absolutely stunning yeah it was spectacular so i had a chance to do that but then i decided to stay in an, an apartment in old town and normally in the summer old town is just packed with tourists and having grown up in Stockholm it's not like I need to stay in Old Town I grew up there and I decided to stay there and it was fascinating because there were no tourists there were it was so quiet none no tourists I feel really bad for all the shop owners that you know depend on tourism and depend on the season to really uh, sort of their it's their peak season but I was sitting in like the Old Town Square and it was just desolate I mean some of the photographs I took I don't know if I've I don't think I've posted them yet I'm uh, but uh, yeah, I've never seen anything like it. And, you know, I've been around for a long time. <laughs> I go there several times a year and yeah, it was bizarre. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a crazy time, but it's also a special time. Yeah. I mean, I think people will look back and be like, you know, how great was it not to have tourists for a short period of time? Hopefully it is a short period of time. Hopefully. Um, but I mean, so did most, have most of your friends and family in Sweden have had COVID? No, none of them have. Touch wood. Um, no, none of my friends. Uh, one of my friends has, but nobody else. Uh, none of the family. Uh, the only person in my family was my brother who was staying with me and uh, myself. I have had friends throughout Europe that have had it. I have a lot of friends in New York that have had it. You know, we've uh, yeah, there have been some really bad stories as well. Uh, but for the most part, everyone's been okay. Um, that's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, I know our buddy Paul Gallagher had it real bad. He yeah, went, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I mean, ventilator and all. And I've had and another I think mutual friend, John Lample, had it bad. Yep. And my uncle died of it. I mean, I and I've I, and my sisters had it. I've had multiple family members who've had it. Um, but not going to I haven't, or my family. Uh-huh. My media and my dad, he hasn't had it. Which is 91. Yeah, I I love your dad. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. He loves you too. Yeah, met him a few times over the years. Yes, you have. But uh, am I missing anything? I think this is pretty interesting for people to hear about different, you know, airlines, different countries, what they're doing. And by the way, when you were going through Dubai, if there was some reason that, you know, your flight was canceled, can you go into Dubai as an American? Well, I'm coming in on a Swedish passport. I I mean, I've been to Dubai a number of times, and I believe it's just visa upon entry. Okay. Um, I don't, you know what? I didn't even look into it. So, but Emirates, Emirates was talking about doing these COVID tests right before, like rapid COVID tests to get on the plane. They weren't doing that? 
not at the time because I flew July 30th. So now they're requiring, uh, now Dubai Airport's requiring that you have a test 96 hours within, um, a negative results of, of a COVID test within 96 hours of flying. I see. But, but I, I don't I, know. I was reading, I don't know. and I know Qatar Airways, you know, they were giving every single passenger a face shield, but business class passengers did not need to wear a face mask or a face shield. Um, you know, during the flight exit boarding, which doesn't make much sense to me, but was it like that on Emirates? Did you have to wear the mask? They asked that we wore the mask. I mean, but we, I still had full service in terms of food and drink. So, you know, during that time and being respectful of others and, you know, they, they put themselves at risk every day when they're flying. So, you know, no reason for me not to. And having been in New York and really being very diligent about doing it, it didn't bother me. Whereas some people were like, oh, you know, this is terrible and horrible. It's like, no, just, you know, why we care for others, you know, and if it's going to minimize spread even a little bit, it's worth it. So how was wearing a mask for like 30 hours straight since you were flying <laughs> so long, you had a six hour layover? Uh, you know what? It was fine. It was fine. I had a few, I had several with me. So I keep changing. I them out. Wear, yeah. And I usually wear just a cloth one. Uh, but I did have the N95 with me as well. Uh, but I also got my results for my antibodies. I went to go get tested again for them and to see how, what my level of antibodies was when I was flying on July 30th. And I still had a lot of them. So I felt a lot more comfortable, which is also why I, you know, had the, more of the cloth masks and, um, it, it, it was absolutely fine. I mean, I still took it off to eat and to drink, but, um, it wasn't an issue. Good. Well, listen. I'm just looking at the time. I can't believe we've been speaking for over 40 minutes. I apologize for going so long, but I guess you got nowhere to go. Uh, <laughs> no, I have nowhere to go. <laughs> but I, I, again, you know, I think it's great information, especially for uh, people who are going to be going down to Australia or people thinking about travel. Um, it's always nice to hear these stories. So I appreciate it. I wish you well. So what, how many more days do you have? Uh, what's today? It's Monday here, so um, I get out Saturday afternoon. Okay, you're you're on the you're on the home stretch. <laughs> I am. So just hoping to be able to continue with sort of the, the exercise and the motivation. And it's been and like I said, those groups for anyone that might be traveling and gets the exemption, are massively helpful. They can also stress you out in advance um, unnecessarily. I think that everyone sort of should know that you know once you get here and if you put yourself in the right mindset. Now I don't have children. I don't have another. I don't have a significant other that's staying with me in the small room. So you know if you're traveling, if they're traveling solo, it actually should they should take it on as something that's you know relaxing. There's no other time in life where you actually don't really have to do anything for two weeks. Right. Um, <laughs> outside of just you know picking up the food and taking it back out. So I mean, are there couples staying in a room together? There are. It, yes. So depending on the day that you arrive, depends on capacity of the hotels. There are several hotels that have been designated as quarantine hotels. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if they're at a lack of smaller room or bigger rooms, they end up staying in a room that's this size. And that would be a little harder. Yeah. Well, again, we might have to have you come back on after you've been in Sydney for a while to hear if people wear a mask, what it's like socially and um, things like that. Absolutely. I'd love to. And, and before you go, where can people find you? I am on, uh, well, I'm not super active on Instagram, but I'm Nika Dry, N-I-K-A-D-R-Y on Insta. And then uh, I'm just Dominica, actually, for facebook.com forward slash Dominica on uh, Facebook.
you know, I'll do a post on this and then we'll, I'll put your information in so people okay. can just click it. Sure. Anyway, thanks for the time and I wish you the best and, you know, give Nick a big hug for me. I will. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks for this. See you later. See you. Bye.